0: You know very well by now my intense passion and heart for ending human trafficking. This is an issue that when I first really learned about it in 2011, I could no longer sit back and ignore it. It's an issue I quickly dove into learning as much as I could. It's an issue that affects women, men, and children of all ages, races, socioeconomic statuses, genders, religions, cultures. It happens in every state in the United States and every country around the world. It's a massive issue but when we let the fact that something like human trafficking is such a massive issue cloud our vision and keep us from doing anything about it that's when we have to sit back and realize that we can do something we just have to start somewhere Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of StillBeingMolly.com, and this show's all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Bridget Brewster, the founder of of Agape International Missions, a.k.a. AIM, a Christian nonprofit that prevents trafficking, rescues exploited women, and restores and empowers survivors. Bridget has been featured on CNN and ABC Nightline, but her best accolade is being called Mom or Nana by the survivors and women in AIM's programs. Bridget has the most incredible heart for these women and puts that heart into action. AIM has rescued over one thousand survivors of trafficking, built a school for 1,500 students, and rescues and empowers survivors every day thanks to Bridget and her husband's leadership. This was such a powerful conversation. I'm so inspired by the work that Bridget and her husband are doing, and I know you are going to want to take action after you listen to this conversation. So without further ado, on to my chat with Bridget. Hey, Bridget. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Hi, Molly. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really excited about this. I am really grateful for you just taking the time out of what I know is a really busy schedule. You have been like a world traveler recently. Where did you just return from?
1: We've been crazy busy. Yeah, we were uh, recently in Hong Kong doing some fundraising and then back in Cambodia where the heart of our mission work is. And then we just returned to California two weeks ago. And last weekend, we were up in Washington State doing some fundraisers and speaking at a church up there.
0: Oh, wow. So yeah, you really have been traveling all over the place.
1: (laughs) God has us very busy, but just opening so many opportunities for awareness and tell people about what we're doing, what God's doing in Cambodia, and also talking about work opportunities for uh, girls and women rescued out of sex trafficking.
0: Yeah. Well, that leads me really to the first question that I have for you, and that is to give us the Bridget 101. So tell us who you are and how you got started with Agape International Missions and what the heart of this incredible organization is.
1: Okay. Um, We might need several podcasts for the Bridget 101. (laughs) I'll get it down to Reader's Digest. Um, My husband, Don, uh, was an executive pastor at a church in Northern California, and he was also head of Missions and Compassions. Um, So AIM, Agape International Missions, was a ministry that we supported that was started by two national uh, Cambodians who survived the Killing fields, and it was a church planning organization. So we went over there for Don to do um, leadership training, and after we had been there, we were in the country for 10 days, and we were in 14 provinces, and it was a lot of windshield time, and we saw a lot of the obvious things that the country is still suffering from the Khmer Rouge and the Civil War that uh, went on until 1999, and the poverty was just unbelievable, and the need for resources, um, the people just so hungry for kindness and compassion and wanting to learn more about the hope and salvation of the Lord. And we were home about two weeks after that when we saw an article. It was a Dateline special talking about right where we were in Cambodia, um, just outside the cap- capital of Phnom Penh, um, about the sale of children. And we were just shocked that nobody had mentioned that, that that was a problem. And so we went back to um, Moses and Samantha, the founders of the church planning arm of AIM, and they actually got a little angry with us saying that does not happen in our country. But after viewing um, the article, they said, yes, that is our country, and and could you help us? And so we went back and did an investigative trip, this time with some other organizations on the ground working with the problem, and we discovered what was needed was um, quality aftercare because there really um, wasn't any, uh, they had stopped doing any rescues because there was no place to put the girls mm-hmm. except for back out in the street or in the brothels or in jail. And the jails were co-ed, so they are just feeding the murder and rapist contingent that was in the prisons. So we put together a plan of um, one aftercare center. We figured it was a five-year plan and we sold our house and moved to Cambodia to set up our agape restoration home and we were there for a year training our staff and then um because the nationals had no idea of the uh, problem and after opening our facility we were at capacity within three months and so god just you see how zealous he is for this to be done and he just exposed step by step on the way we approach things is with um We operate on like four pillars for prevention, rescue, restoration, and reintegration. And it works really well that way to keep girls back out of the life. Um, We follow up with uh, the girls who have been through our program um, every month. So only about 5% of our girls ever go back into the life, which is um, a really great number because, well, at the center of everything, we have Christ in it. And without him, there is real no... True healing and um, new hope in life for these girls and women.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that that point that you make about um, where you you saw that that there was no place for these girls to go once they were rescued, and that is an issue. All over the world. So often when we hear about issues surrounding human trafficking and we we hear about, um, you know, known human trafficking rings and things like that, and people want to say, well, why don't we just go in there and we just get them? And sometimes the answer is not that simple, because a lot of times it's like, okay, well, then what do you do with them after that? Because A lot of times it just perpetuates the cycle because, you know, maybe they get rescued, but then somehow if you don't have the resources for them to go through rehabilitation and and trauma therapy and all those kinds of things, they just end up right back in the cycle, right back where they started.
1: You really hit the nail on the head with that, um, Molly. It's so important for these women and girls once they've been through a rehabilitation program when they're out in the world they need a good connection to unconditional love which they do receive in our aftercare center but that would be being with a safe good family if they have it and also being connected to a good church in the community but also they need really good employment that pays a living wage where they can support themselves and their family and this also brings um restores their integrity within the uh, cambodian culture Um, when the people in the community know that they've been sold and their opinion of them is that they're trash. But if they're making a good wage where they're supporting themselves and their family, it restores their honor and dignity to the community.
0: Absolutely. That is so important and so key um, is really providing that opportunity after they've been through just the unimaginable. Um, And this applies to, you know, your interaction with any type of um, trafficking victim, both domestically and abroad. It doesn't matter what context they have experienced this trauma in. Um, and really, you know, coming at it from a trauma informed approach is so key because, I mean, at- you know, most of us know that when you go through any kind of trauma, whether it's um, emotional, physical, spiritual, um, you know, sexual trauma, anything like that, it is mind altering. Um, and and the way that our brain actually processes trauma um, is is important to understand that. Um, but then also understanding an individual's processing of trauma can vary from person to person. Um, And so providing that rehabilitation is so important. What have you found in the work that you guys have done since 2005 um, and in your work with Agape International Missions over the years? What have you found, you know, what was maybe your approach in the beginning or what you kind of thought was going to be the approach all the way into you know what you've learned along the way and what has maybe changed in your approach
1: um well initially it was just having the uh, restoration center and helping them um with their psychosocial skills and a lot of our girls had never been to school Mm -hmm. so we had to um have a school on campus and um also, like I said, we have everything just circles around Christ. And we have girls who are Buddhists or no religion and Muslim girls. and We don't force anybody to become Christians, but they learn about Christ and his precepts and his hopes and his how, what he created them to be. And then, you know, we thought about when we had some girls getting ready to move back into the community, what do we do with them? So that's where it came in, where we needed to have um, Jesus needed to move into the community of Swipe Hawk, uh, where a lot of the, uh, it was a hub for trafficking of girls throughout Southeast Asia. So we planted a church there, and we also had outreaches of a Lord's Gym reaching out to men in the community that were little uh, drug runners and traffickers themselves, and also men in the community and teaching them how to be godly men. And we started a school, and we have a clinic, and we have a restoration transition home there And then also um, realizing how we we use the Lord's Gym and the church as a preventative tool and the school as well because none of the children that have been in our school have been trafficked and that's just an amazing number of kids. We eventually just opened um, a brand new school building. Our school has been operating for like seven years but we just finally um, were able to build a building where we had five separate little buildings, outbuildings that they're in and everybody's all in one building now. And um, the reintegration process with making sure that these girls are in a safe environment and earning a living wage. And that caused us to also um, start up three of our own employment centers for the girls um, where they're making, we have some of our um, clothes that we make with our AIM brand on it in three strands, but they also do some private label um, uh, clothes that they make, but they make it's not like a, a normal regular factory of these girls. We start the day with devotions and they have family style lunch. They also have health benefits and we offer childcare and just all of this is so important to continue on, you know, where they're not anxiety ridden about where their children are going to be and they're in our school. So it's just so many different facets that, that all come together that we didn't realize at first, just thinking it was a restoration home. So God has really grown us all out in all kinds of
0: directions. Yeah. I mean, I was just so impressed. And I just, you know, obviously it is just a testament to the work that God has done. Um, You have, through Agape, you have rescued over 1,100 children. And, you know, you've impacted you know, nearly 7,500 children and adults through prevention programs. Um, you've, you know, built a school for 1500 students. Like this is, this is no small potatoes. I mean, these are, these are a million or these are, you know, thousands of lives that you're impacting. And uh, it's just, it's like I said, it's just such a testament to the work that God is doing through you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It's God has just blessed us along the way. It's, um, just, and it is, it's miraculous, and it's changing one heart at a time. When we moved into that community, they were not happy, and they didn't want us there, and there was threats against our staff, but it's just, we um, are blessed that we're able to pay our pastor's salary because most of the pastors in Cambodia, they have to work full-time jobs to support their families, so they don't have time to pastor, really, during the week. It's just a Sunday sermon, but he's been free to build relationships within the community and just we started with a church of 10 and now it's over you know 500 mm. between the services we have on a Saturday and a Sunday it's just but it's being patient and and building those relationships one at a time
0: well I'd love for you if you don't mind can you share a little bit about those early days and why was it exactly that um there was such hostility I guess or I don't know if, if- I don't know. I don't want to be insensitive in the way that I word it. So, I mean, just what were some of those challenges early on as you guys were doing early work in the community?
1: Um, Well, the resistance came because there's just so much money being made off the selling of children and women. So we were interfering with our main source of economy. And we told them, you know, just give us a chance. We're here to help you, not to hurt. And over the years, they saw that that was true because so many jobs were created um, through the school and through uh, pop-up shots that came because we have teams and tours that come to visit the work that we do. So there's all kinds of different food stalls and opportunities um, selling clothes and trinkets that came up through that. But the selling of, of people, it's just a big business worldwide. It's just second after drugs, but I'd like to differ. I think really the selling of people seems to be the biggest industry worldwide anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's just the changing of the hearts one at a time. And and for parents, particularly in Cambodia, they had lost the family structure in during the Khmer Rouge days. So there wasn't any parenting being modeled to them. They didn't know how to rear their children and bring them up. So through learning about how God reveres children and our social workers doing parenting classes. To see parents change that their attitude that having daughters is an opportunity for them to make money by selling them, but to see that they get an education they're well taken care of. So when they're too old to work, their children have educations and good jobs and they can take care of them because there's no social security system or retirement system set up like we do have here in America.
0: Okay, I'm breaking really quick from this incredible conversation with Bridget to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who helps to make it possible. That is the Happiness Planner. They are one of my absolute favorite brands. They design the most beautiful, inspirational planners, journals, and notepads. I love the Happiness Planner. It helps to keep me on track and find joys each and every day. They also have journals that focus on themes such as confidence, gratitude, growth mindset, and purpose. They are great tools to help you become more self-aware, happier, and more fulfilled. Now, for those of you who like to use apps, which I am one of those people, the Happiness Planner is also available as a mobile and web app. Now, how is it different from other calendar and to-do list apps out there? Well, on top of schedule and to-do list functions, it also comes with things like monthly goal setting and reflections, meals and exercise recording, gratitude journaling, happiness, health and energy level trackers, and daily inspirational quotes and articles. Now, you can check out the web app at thehappinessplanner.io or download the mobile apps from the App Store or Google Play. You can also download their printables for free. Who loves free on their website the happinessplanner.com. And if you want to make a purchase, you can use the coupon code live with purpose for 10% off. Now, back to my chat with Bridget. Whether you're a Christian or not, like when you're when you're dealing with forces of evil, um, you know, and and as believers, like we know that's the enemy that is fighting against this. Um, but even if you're not a Christian, um just understanding that, like, when you're going in and you're messing with somebody's illegal business <laughs> and you're messing with their livelihood, but their livelihood is is the sale of women and children, um, that's gonna that's gonna hack some people off, um, yes. and they're gonna they're they're gonna be not not happy about that. So, you know, this is obviously a topic that my listeners know that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Fighting human trafficking is something that quite literally keeps me up at night um, Mm -hmm. and is something that I have really done as much work as I I can to educating people on, and it's an issue that I talk about all the time on this podcast. So my listeners at this point are, they're (laughs) at least somewhat at an elementary level versed on the issue of human trafficking. However, one of the questions That I get regularly from listeners and friends and family and people in the community is, well, the issue feels too big and it feels like something that I can't do or I can't fix on my own. So one of the things that you really do a great job of is educating and increasing awareness around practical ways to help stop human trafficking. So I would love if you would just kind of share with us when somebody asks you, what are some practical ways that I can in my own sphere of influence help to prevent and and stop human trafficking? What can I do?
1: You know, it is so overwhelming when you first think of it, and I think that's why so many people fall off from doing anything because you're thinking, I'm just one person, what can I do? But there is something you you can do. You don't have to move overseas to another country to do something. You do something right in your neighborhood because it's probably happening just a couple of streets over. Uh, One thing um, that we've been blessed by what people do is – Have parties in their home where they show um, a documentary or film about sex trafficking to bring awareness. And uh, people have done that with um, *Nefarious*, which is a good overview of uh, worldwide how trafficking looks and uh, labor trafficking as well as sex trafficking. Uh, There's a documentary about our work called *The Pink Room*, and there's a couple of specials on CNN called *Every Day in Cambodia*, which is good about it. And then there are other movies. um, And I'm sorry, I don't have list and documentaries um on them but um i should have googled that i'm sorry no that's okay also um as far as even purchasing being careful about what you purchase and that's what i love about you you having a list of things um of items that people can buy that help support women rescued out of sex trafficking because when you purchase something like that you're buying them their freedom where they don't have to go back into trafficking um another thing you can do is um be a mentor or um, a tutor uh, to children in school, um, and and just be aware of what trafficking looks like. These predators prey on the children who are most awkward or on the fringes of the cool cir- circles at school, and just being aware of of what that what that looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The I think people, even as much as I talk about it on this show, I still feel like it it, what's that statistic it's like somebody needs to hear something like at least seven times before they it really begins to stick Um, and sometimes I think even with other things it needs to be even more than that but um, just the power that you have through the way that you purchase and the way you spend your money and 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 supporting organizations Mm -hmm. um, you know and supporting brands that you know are fighting human trafficking and it doesn't even necessarily have to be an organization that you know, explicitly hires human trafficking survivors um, or overcomers, but just understanding that you know, hey, if this company is providing sustainable economic opportunity in vulnerable areas, vulnerable populations, whether it's here in America or abroad, that is so key. And you know, I I say I've said this before, and I'll say it again: is I really do believe that at the end of the day, the key to eliminating issues like global poverty and human trafficking and labor trafficking and even, you know, drugs and all that kind of stuff in our world is through the creation of jobs, like creating jobs and access to education is at the root of so many of the problems that we face today.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And also another statistic, if I could throw out, we find particularly in California, um, because of the foster care system, like 80% of girls that are into forced into trafficking come out of the foster care mm-hmm. system because once they turn 18, there's really nowhere for them to go. So we need to do something um, to provide shelter and help and mentoring for these girls that are just suddenly on the street out of a home. Um, and like you said, education is, is key and vital. And also just, you know following the precepts of Christ about helping the disadvantaged and being aware of of what we can do to help people that are on the fringes of society like that
0: yeah absolutely and that's something that has you know really been placed on my heart too here in our own community as we we see that, you know, there's so many youth who are at risk for homelessness, who are experiencing homelessness here in, in my own community in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. And, um, you know, the statistic is, is and, and just the reality is, is that one between one in three youth who are experiencing homelessness are trafficked within the first 48 hours that they become homeless. And so that is just... That's very staggering. And and so people think that human trafficking doesn't happen here in our own backyard that it only is something that happens in places like Cambodia and India and Nepal and abroad and it's like no 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 it's happening here in our own backyard and um, you know by becoming a foster parent by volunteering in your community you know working with you know maybe a a a teen drop-in center or um, you know volunteering in the schools you know something that I actually learned this year that I did not know that even if you don't have kids you can get involved in local PTAs um, and there is such a need especially at underfunded and under-resourced schools for PTA members and so if you have a passion like if you if you don't have kids of your own or if your kids are are grown and you just really want to get involved in in the lives of children in your community you can get involved in a local schools PTA you don't have to have a kid there um which is just is is just a really unique way to be able to plug into the lives of kids um, and 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 kind of be on that you know upstream, preventing yeah. kids from falling in rather than being downstream stream trying to pull them out when they're drowning. Exactly. Um, That's so great. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. I just learned that this year um, because a friend of mine um, is the PTA president at her son's school. It is a Title I school um, here in the Durham area. It is uh, 94% minority. Um, Actually, it might even be more than that. Uh, I think it's like 1% uh, Caucasian, and then the other 98% is between – black hispanic uh asian you know other minority races um Mm -hmm. and it's just but it's an extremely underfunded school but it is a fantastic school the administration is incredible the teachers are incredible um it is a school of 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 teachers that care and an administration that cares Um, but the reality is is that there are just a lot of parents that can't they don't they can't be involved because they 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 work multiple jobs um, and they're just they are stretched so thin. And so, you know, she was sharing this year as she is the, the PTA president that her big struggle has been trying to find other parents who can plug into the PTA. And like she's also a full time working mom, but she sees the value in it. And so she reached out to other parents in the community and said, hey, even if you don't have a kid, at this school like you can get involved in the PTA and you can be investing in these kids lives and so it's just been really amazing to see the community rally around you know a school that sometimes people would say hey I'm not going to send my kid there Um, but it actually is an incredible school um, with so much potential and opportunity and it's just a matter of you know adults stepping up and investing in the lives of these kids.
1: That's right. That's it. Exactly. And what a great way to prevent it from happening. Mm -hmm. You know, just really rejoice in those rescues that we do when we get the children before they're sold.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Bridget, tell me what is, you know, what are the the goals and visions for Agape right now and into the next couple of years?
1: Well, what we'd really love to have happen is we'd like to be able to build a, a transition home. To release some spots up out of our high security aftercare home, Um, because we have our own SWAT team that does um, arrests and prosecutions, and they're very successful. So we we're just at capacity all the time, and our partners there in Cambodia are at capacity all the time. So there's still a need for some rescue for homes for girls after they're rescued and t- transitioning back into the community. And also what we'd like to see is, of course, we talked about more jobs. So within the next seven years, we'd like to have a total of 12 more um, employment centers where we'd have be able to employ a thousand girls and women rescued out. Um, right now we have uh, t-shirts that we make um, with a annual production of about 23,000, but we have capacity make 192,000, and our goal is to make over two million. And also through our Three Strands brand, uh, we make uh, bracelets and jewelry, and we want to enlarge that capacity. And we also do uh, some private label clothes, but right now we're trying to um, work on how we can do uh, more marketing to produce more sales and uh, also to create our own brand. Um, We're kind of toying around. We have like our own AIM brand and 22, which is a story of one of our girls. Um, It's a 22 bracelet and a 22 shirt that we have, T-shirt made out of a charcoal bamboo, bamboo material that's really comfortable and nice. And the significance of the number 22 is she was rescued after 22 days, which we were thrilled about because some girls are in there for months and years at a time but we found out afterwards when in that 22 days she was raped 198 times mm. so it's just our model that one girl's too many one day is too long and we just want to do all we can to create more room for restoration but also to have those jobs for them
0: Wow. I am just, I'm honestly speechless. Um, I can't, you know, even as much as I am involved in this issue, uh, it really is stories like that, that just are the ones that keep me going. (laughs) Um, because then I hear about the restoration of, of a lot of these incredible, um, women and girls and men too, um, that have been through the unimaginable and, and, what life is like for them on the other side when they're able to use their story, um, to impact others. And, um, when I hear stories of overcomers who have, you know, then taken their story and they're going and they're going in and they're helping other people overcome situations. It's just, it's incredible and it's inspiring. So, um, Bridget, I just really appreciate, Everything that you are doing, and everything that you stand for, and the work that you're doing through um, Agape International Missions, because it really is incredible. And I just, I just want to encourage you because I know, um, having worked with a lot of nonprofits, I know that nonprofit work is hard, and it is, it is challenging. And there are days where you just want to throw in the towel and you think like, why am I doing this? And so <laughs> this is just me encouraging you to keep going. Um, and that the work that you're doing matters. Um, and that, uh, you know, if, even if sometimes we don't see the fruit this side of heaven, um, that there is a bigger story at play. And so that you just I'm praying for you and all the others that are um, in the fight against this modern day slavery that is just a is just an injustice on on so many around the world.
1: Well, you just made me cry. Thank you for that. (laughs) And we are we are blessed to see so many miracles. Mm -hmm. And that girl who inspired the 22 story, she came into our program and went to school, and now she's a social worker with our SWAT team. So she's right there when girls are first getting rescued. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many joyful miracle stories. It's
0: God is good. Glory to him. He is. He is. There's so much. um, We live in a very broken world, and there is so much darkness and sadness, but there is also also so much beauty and so much joy um, in this world, and um, I'm just so grateful to God for all that he has done in my life and in the lives of so many others that um, I get to just be a witness to. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that encouragement. It's very sweet of you. Uh, Absolutely. Like, well, like I said, Bridget, this has been such a pleasure um, to have you on and to just hear your story and be able to share it with the business with purpose podcast community. Um, And for those listening, I will have all of Bridget's information along with the information for um, agape international missions in the show notes so you can go on their website um, and see how you can support them um, and so bridget uh, just uh, to make sure so um can you i know you, you had mentioned that you guys do some um you, you know you make goods and things like that so can people shop those things through that website as well uh yes and you can
1: also go on uh www.aimapparel.com and also as well as uh the number three, ThreeStrandsShop.com, And you'll find apparel and accessories and jewelry on those websites.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Bridget. It's truly been an honor to have you on the show today. Oh, Thank you
1: so much. The pleasure's been mine and the honor. Thank you so much, Molly.
0: I would love to know what you loved about this episode, something that you learned, or something that has maybe inspired you to take action today. If you do, please let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and don't forget to use that hashtag #BusinessWithPurposePodcast. Another huge thank you to our sponsor of the show who helps to make it possible, and that's The Happiness Planner. Go to thehappinessplanner.com and use that coupon code LIVEWITHPURPOSE for 10% off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button. That helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review actually helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.